Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello, friends. Before this episode starts, I'd like to give a warning that there is a candid talk of murder, suicide, sexual abuse, descriptors of body mutilation, and frank talk of death. If any of this is offensive to you, we recommend you skip this episode and join us next week. We can't wait to have you back. Savannah and I would also like to extend our condolences to Elizabeth Short, her family, and her estate as it is our responsibility, regardless of time past, to acknowledge the trauma and effect that any death has, especially one as traumatic as this. I would also like to acknowledge that any research I've conducted is from a distance perspective, and strictly theoretical on my part, and not an exact descriptor of Elizabeth's life, alive or posthumous. May she rest in peace. Lastly, if you or anyone you know is struggling with mental health crises, or maybe having suicidal thoughts or tendencies, you are not alone. Please contact the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 800-273-8255. With that said, thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. I did crimes. But if you didn't do anything, there's no reason to suspect Fucking Joe Schmo from the street. Because we're not a real true crime podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sav and Sean show. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. I'm your other host, Sav. And this is our show. Spooky season is like almost over. I know. That makes me really sad because I've yet to purchase a Halloween costume, carve a pumpkin. Eat a caramel apple. None do of any it. of the things, yeah. I um I think this episode was probably gonna come out on November first. So it will have already been Halloween by the time that this is done. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's Halloween until like Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Keep those pumpkins going. Yeah, no, oh yeah. The pumpkins are out until like December fifteenth. Yeah, yeah. And then they go away. Because where we live, the weather doesn't get cold. So like as soon as the weather drops, then that's when the pumpkins go back. Right. Agreed, hundred percent. I um I have to, at work, dress up for Halloween, and I was like, what should I do? And um, I think that I'm really just going to go with, like, a, like a punk rock vibe. Okay. Yeah, so I think I'm going to do, like, a little faux hawk. Okay. And then, like, some guy liner, and I have, like, a, a band tee, and then some skinny jeans, and I'm going to take um, wristbands that we had from the Olympics episode, and I'm going to put safety pins in them. Love it. You should get, like, a studded belt, too. I really should. And then I'm going to take my chain, and I'm going to click it to two of my yeah, belt loops. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's, so that screams solid. punk rock to me, baby. A hundred percent. I suppose we should talk about what we're talking about today, because it's kind of like a, a big thing. It's one of my favorite spooky aesthetic things, one of my favorite genres, really. Crime. Crime. Committing crime. I did crimes. Yes. Not crime. to crime is a crime. <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, 100%. And we, um, it's, it's exciting, because I've never done this, and certainly we are not a true crime podcast by any means, uh, but I thought it would be fun to, you know, 
do our little take of it, very a la BuzzFeed Unsolved, which we're actually big fans of. The Sav and Sean spooky show season foray into unsolved true crime. Spookification. Spookification. Yes. Ta-da! So um, we're actually going to be covering the Black Dahlia today. Sav, what do you know personally of the Black Dahlia? Well, a Dahlia is a flower. Yes. And Black Dahlia is because uh, she was pretty and she had black hair. Um, I do know that they found her body like carved with like a smile so that she would like always be smiling. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know, or maybe this isn't true. They never found out who actually did it. That is true. That is true. Um, She was featured on American Horror Story season one. Um, Love to see it. Um, Oh, didn't she like move to LA to be like an actress or something? Yes. Okay. And then got famous in a whole different way. Exactly. It's it's very, very wild. I got to be honest, and we'll get into it, but like her story is very sad. Can relate. Yeah. Like I, um, you know, I thought because the way that the media, because especially then it was like murders were like the big thing. It was like celebrity dominated. Murder. Murder. Kind of like how it is right now. Judas. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> mur- murder. No. <laughs> um, but uh, so like it was very popularized. And so. Um, Murder's I, really in right now. What can re- we say? It really is. And so I thought for a long time that like it was a certain kind of way. Like the story that you know was the story. But it gets a little more intricate. Um, Don't every- believe everything you read on the internet, kids. Exactly. Abraham Lincoln Sometimes said that. the papers. Who said that? Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> wow. If only he had read more articles about his life, he could have avoided it. Six and part Tyrannus, am I right, ladies? Um, okay, so without further ado, let's get into it. Let's let's get into the murder. Let's get into the murder. Um, and I guess I should do my narrator voice. First. The Black Dahlia was born in 1964. Oh, you, <laughs> you best believe that there's like a certain flair to this. Because me, dramatic what? <laughs> Not you, my friend. <laughs> Not dramatic. Me. Okay, as I lean into this. The morning of January 15th, 1947, was just like any other day for young mother Betty Berzinger, as she and her three-year-old daughter were on a walk from their home in Los Angeles down to the local shopping center, when, on a low-maintained vacant plot of land, she saw what she originally thought to be the parts of a store mannequin. If only it were. See, I always wonder, like, what I would do if I stumbled across a dead body in the wild. Yeah, me, I have no clue. Would I, like, just, like, pretend I didn't see it and, like, walk away? Would I report it to the authorities? Like, what would I do? Because if you report it to the authorities, then you're automatically suspect number one, baby. Exactly. But if you do nothing and then they find out that you were there, that still makes you suspect number one. So what do you do? But if you didn't do anything, there's no reason to suspect you. They could just be like, man, she's really unaware of her surroundings. How could she miss this rotting corpse? I could see you just, like, living your life, like, la, 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 just... Nope, la, 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 Yeah, la. watching, like, the Try Guys on my phone, completely unbothered. Like, yeah. what is that smell? Nah, we're just gonna. Yeah. What's that one Stephen King book where they're, like, the kids and they find the dead body and then they're, like, poking it with sticks? I couldn't tell you the last time I read a book. <laughs> Me either. Uh, illiterate. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it is super weird. I don't know what I would do. I feel like I would immediately, like, vomit, I feel. Yeah, I see. I... Then my DNA's at the scene. <laughs> Oh, see? Yeah, then you gotta run. Right. You should just leave it. Just pretend, yeah. Yeah. Better pretend you d- you saw nothing. You didn't see anything. Anything. I'm wearing sunglasses most of the time anyway. Yeah, same. So, like, you can't prove that I exactly. was... Exactly. 
you can. looking in that direction. Right. Also, you're just immediate disgust. You're just like, <laughs> I could see you just like, the scowl isn't so off base. Why they have to die right here on the side of the trail? Come on. Why couldn't they die over there away from the walkway? Seriously. So also, annoying. like where this is, when it's like low maintained, vacant plot of land. Like, so I guess this part of LA was just like being sort of developed developed yeah yeah. and so like there were like lots of broken glass lots of bottles and stuff and and like other things but like very close to i guess a really developed area because like this lady she was just like with her daughter she was just living her best life she's making her shoes fixed oh they were just trying to get their shoes sold yeah (laughs) and instead they found a soul a lost soul rest in peace rip go Okay. She would quickly realize that this was actually the brutally cut-in-half body of a woman and the start of one of the most infamous unsolved murders of our generation. This is the Black Dahlia. (gasps) So spooky. I didn't know she was cut in half. That's gruesome. Elizabeth Short was born on July 29th, 1924 in a town near Boston, Massachusetts. Born in 1924. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It ended in a four. I had to do it. No, I totally had fine. to do it. You okay. had to do it. You Keep had to do going. it. Sorry. To parents Cleo A. Short and wife, Phoebe May Sawyer. As the third of what would be five daughters, shortly after her birth, Elizabeth's family had relocated to Portland in Cumberland County, Maine, followed by another move back to a suburb in Massachusetts called Oddwell which is where Elizabeth, or Beth, as she liked to be called, would spend a majority of her life. Cleo, Short's father, made a living building miniature golf courses. Okay, so... Who doesn't love mini golf? I mean, yes, 100%. But um, this is also... Because the following is like, until 1929, with her family, due to the Great Depression, lost all of their money. Can you imagine, like, you, you go all in on this golf course. You're like, I'm going to build mini miniature golf courses. Yeah, true. In retrospect, who in the Great Depression can spring for mini golf? Yeah, Nobody. seriously. Literally no one. And that's what it gets super crazy. But also mini golf. I didn't even know mini golf was a thing back then. Me either. I thought mini golf was a relatively recent invention. As did I. You know, I wasn't seeing a bunch of ceramic hippos in the 20s. Yeah, no, where were they? Yeah, exactly. Which would lead to the first of many unfortunate circumstances for Elizabeth. In 1930, her father's car was found abandoned on Charlestown Bridge, a bridge in Boston, and he was subsequently assumed dead due to apparent suicide. So, bros straight up was like, well, I have no money because I lost my miniature golf course. So, gonna go kill myself, I guess. (laughs) Um, And apparently, like, this bridge in Massachusetts was, like, a big place to do that. So, they really didn't really investigate it that much. He was like, hmm, he's poor. Must have... Oh, yikes. Yeah, splash. Assuming her husband was dead, Phoebe moved Beth and her four other daughters back to Medford, Massachusetts, and became a bookkeeper to support them. However, due to intense asthma attacks, bronchitis, a lung surgery, and doctor recommendations, Elizabeth was to spend the summer months with family friends in Miami, Florida. So, like, she would spend, like, most of her year, except, like, the winter months, in Massachusetts, and then she would go down. She's not built for the cold. No, she wasn't. She had like can relate, girl. <laughs> yeah, relatable content, and like poor thing. Your dad's dead. You can't breathe. You might as well just throw yourself off that bridge too. Honey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, and it's super, super wild. Just like imagine being like, well, right, as the mom, just like, well, my husband's dead. And uh, I got five children because it's the 30s and contraception is not really a thing. And uh, we're just living our best life to the best of our ability. 
and into like this tiny little apartment. What a fucking bummer. Anyway, shortly after this, I won't go narrate her voice. She had like been in high school, but like her sophomore year of high school, she dropped out. Okay, naturally. Right, as you do. Lots of stress. Shortly when af- you can't breathe, yeah. <laughs> you can't breathe and you're grieving your father. Schools are germ cesspools, so yeah, totally get it. Right. Also, this is like a super skimmed over version because we're talking like her dad died when she was six. Yeah, then, like, so we're just jumping ahead. That's yeah. storytelling for yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. keep and- up. <laughs> Shortly after dropping out of high school, Elizabeth's mother received a letter of apology from none other than her presumed dead father. <gasps> So, bro straight up did not die at all. He did not kill himself. I was going to say, when they found his car abandoned right. and no body, and they were just like, well, yeah, that tracks. He Nobody- jumped to the river. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Maybe he just went out to go take a piss in the woods or something. Exactly. Well, that definitely wasn't the case. It was an intentional thing. Yeah, he no, he definitely be- dipped. Yeah, he was like, sorry. But I- you're five kids and your wife. And I- <coughs> Rip. I- <laughs> I want to know what this letter said. Like, hey, girl, <laughs> yes. don't know if you remember me, Seriously. but I have a great business opportunity for you. <laughs> right. I bet you didn't know I'm starting up another miniature golf course, and I am looking for investors. <laughs> right now. She writes Do you back. Be a boss, babe? She writes back, new carrier pigeon, who this? <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> She said, um, who Hello? <laughs> I'm screaming. She sends it back via telegraph, via Morse code. Beep, 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 beep. Hello, <laughs> new, new phone, who did? Oh, my God. Mommy, who is that? No one, honey. Nobody. Well, he goes, uh, he apologizes and revealed that he was indeed alive and had started a new life in California. So he is thriving. I bet you're surprised to hear from me. <laughs> yes. I just want to let you know how great I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, sorry, like a humble brag. <laughs> like, so sorry I left you. I'm actually doing great in California. Thank you so much for asking. Right. But here we are with Elizabeth. She's like, oh, my God, my dead dad, who I have not seen since I was six, who's now dun, alive. Dun. <laughs> I need a little help here. Recent high school dropout. Like she's, she's Dad, I like, can't breathe. Right. I don't go to school anymore. <laughs> I'm hanging out in Miami with a bunch of strangers. <laughs> right. Family, friends, quote unquote. Oh my God. It's like people her mom met at the grocery store. And she was like, hey, what happened? doesn't Miami sound fun? Yeah. And then just she's go like, stay with these people for months. She's like, okay, sure. Fine. This is the 20s. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly. Everybody's amazing. Anyway, so start a new life in California. In December, at age 18, Beth relocated to Vallejo. I think that's how you say that. Okay. Vallejo to live with her father, whom, if you remember, she had not seen since she was young. However, that would not last. Due to frequent arguments with her father, she moved less than a year later. Where? So she Back actually, home? she yes. So she was getting in arguments with her dad, right, and um, doing like crazy wild shit. I can imagine that's gonna be like a stressful situation because, like, if your dad's like, "You gotta do the dishes," and she's like, "Oh yeah," or can I just abandon my car? Maybe on I'll a just bridge? take my car for a drive <laughs> to the bridge where people kill themselves <laughs> yeah. and never come back. Like, and then write you a letter. 12 years later. Apologizing for not doing the dishes in Miami. Like, what? So I can't imagine that that's like a yeah, smooth no, transition. Yeah, no, I'm on her side on that one. Yeah, you're not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Like, thanks for the house, but like, you're not my dad. Yeah, you're so, my roommate. 
she actually like most of her most of her time is spent between like Massachusetts, Miami, and California. So like in Vallejo, I guess she was like a flirty girl. Um, and we'll get into that too. She was like having her best time. And so, I mean, when you're young and you're pretty. And so she actually got arrested um, for underage drinking at Elizabeth. a local bar. What are you doing, gal? Um, so for underage drinking in California. And so they like sent her back to Massachusetts to be with her mother. But she was like, fuck it, I'm going to Miami. So like literally triangulate the points. She's like in these three states, like basically her entire life. And you know, Miami's a nice place. It's uh, at the edge of the world near the equator. It's beautiful. Anyway, and this is where we get to. So it's at this point that I mentioned that Beth's affinity for airmen. She had briefly dated an Air Force sergeant that ended up abusive. So this was during her time in Miami when she went back. Because girl loved, loved, Loved. It was like, it wasn't just all military men, it was like specifically airmen. Oh. Which is, hey, whatever works. Yeah. So she dated an Air Force sergeant that ended up abusive there. And then she had moved back to, um, she actually went to LA instead, instead of like Vallejo. She like went to Los Angeles, Los okay. Angeles. Okay, okay. And she had like a, a thing with a decorated air naval officer. And he actually had, this is like another sad bit, because Liz is just not living her best life. Because he got injured in the war, right? And I think this is World War II. Yeah, so he had gotten injured in the war, and then he was, like, healing in India. And he had, like, written her a letter proposing marriage. And she was like, oh, my God, yes. And so she accepted. She, like, told all of her friends. And then shortly after he was healed on another mission, died. Oh, (laughs) no. Plane was shot down. (laughs) Poor gal was going through it. So it's like, dead dad, not dead dad, not dead husband, dead husband. It's just... It's a time. It's a time. Poor gal. I know. Seriously. I even say in this, as I wrote it, I said, suffice to say, our gal cannot catch a break. Yeah. Yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. honey. So she relocated to Los Angeles, California in July 1946, where she would reside until the end of her life. So here's where we get into... How old was she at this point? She's probably like 19 or 20, I think. So she, she was young. She was young when all this went down. So she actually, it, it, we were getting to like the end of her life. Mm-hmm. So like January. So she moved to LA in July. And then January, like January 9th is sort of like the last time that people see her. And then she's found like a week later. So January 1947. Didn't even make it to the 50s, babe. January 1947. Sorry. Yeah. It doesn't have the same roots. No, it doesn't. It's not as <laughs> 1964. Yeah, it um, just flows So, on January 9th, 1947, Elizabeth had returned home after a brief getaway with a married salesman she had been seeing. Married men, Elizabeth. Yes, yes, married men. Who am I to judge? I hang out with you. Relatable content. I mean, hey, it happens. It happens. Oh, oh my Lord. God! I want some chicken nuggets. Sorry, I just been Big thinking nut. about food this whole time while you're talking <laughs> about dead bodies. Well, it's about to get a little. <laughs> um, after a brief getaway of assessment sheeting, and was set to meet her sister, who was visiting from Boston, patrons of the Biltmore Hotel where she had been dropped off. So, like, not her house, because at this time she is uh, working as like a a lady in waiting. Oh. No, she's like she's not a lady of the night, but she is like oh. a she's a server. So she. Did a lot of time where she was like jumping about like boarding houses and stuff like that mm-hmm. and was just like taking jobs wherever she could, which is sort of how you mentioned the actress part of this. Mm-hmm. In the aftermath, 
aftermath when they were like sort of publicizing her demise. She had an interest in being like in movies and stuff, okay. but literally no credits whatsoever. I'm she wasn't even auditioning. It was more of like a pipe dream situation. Okay. So she wasn't super into like, she wasn't like, I'm out here trying to make something. She was like, well. I Whatever like happens, happens, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to be on the screen. But I mean, given her trauma, I get it, babe. You're like, have those dreams. I mean, look at us. So patrons of the Biltmore Hotel where she had been dropped off said that she had used the telephone in the lobby before leaving. And these would be the last people to see Elizabeth Short alive. She never meets up with her sister. And six days later, her body is found. So like, there's all this time in between. But keep in mind, it's the 40s almost the 50s. So like, unless you're reaching somebody by phone, the reason why murders and stuff like this could be perpetrated was because like, you, who's checking on you? Yeah, Especially exactly. if you're an adult. Like, people How do like, people live like that? Yeah, now they can, now you can literally see you wherever. Yeah. But like then you're like, what? Ridiculous. Ugh. This is uh, sort of where we come back to like, that we circle round back to where our story kind of started. With our mom and her little girl yes. walking, okay, to get their shoes fixed. <laughs> yes. Okay. Upon examination, Betty Berziger, the woman to find Elizabeth, realized that this was no mannequin. Mannequin? We're doing great. Because this is being recorded, I, there's not really a feasible way for me to chop most of this out. So, <laughs> hi! <laughs> we um, make mistakes. Yes, All we do. the time. We're real people. Um, Except this, for me, I am a lizard woman. She's, look at her flap. You can see it now. It's just a goiter. <laughs> it's my double chin. I've gained a little weight. I realize now, too, in, like, my big cardigan and my glasses and the fact that my posture is so shit, I'm, like, a hunchback. I'm just like, me. you kind of giving me Hugh Hefner vibes. I hope that's... A studious Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Period. <laughs> that's who I want to be. Love you, who. Um, who? Who? <laughs> who? As we get back into this. Upon examination, Betty had realized that this was no mannequin and promptly went to phone police at a nearby house. So the way that, I'm going to be honest, this is pretty much uh, like the extent of what I have scripted at okay. this point. Because I really wanted to give you like a good idea mm-hmm. of like what was written out of her life beforehand. And now we're just going to sort of take it off the cuff. Okay. Because we're not a real true crime podcast. We're just trying it out. We're just having fun. We're just enjoying ourselves. Dipping our toes Spooky in the water. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do have like the, the gory details of, of how her body was. So just oh, get ready for lay that. Lay them on me. Yeah. Her body had been completely cut in half, drained of all blood, and scrubbed clean, which is why it was so easy to mistake for a mannequin due to its pale white color. In addition to the gore of cutting her body in half, both sides of her mouth had been sliced open all the way to her ears which is actually believed to be done while she was still alive and is partially the cause of her death. Because it was, uh, they, with her body, it was about like, uh, the coroner had said it was about like a 10 hour difference. So she was probably killed the night before. But um, she also had a concussion, um, like severe head trauma. And the initial cause of death was hemorrhaging going into shock and then the contusions on her head because she had been like- Like blunt force trauma or something? They believed that she had been tortured for a bit of time before. It actually went through. But, like, the chopping her body in half part didn't happen until after she was dead. Well, I mean, I guess that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. In addition, several parts of her skin. So, like, when the body was placed, because it was placed very methodically, um, the top half, there was about, there was, like, a good distance between the top and bottom half of her, which is why it was believed to be a mannequin. Her intestines were tucked under her butt. So, like, you couldn't really, really tell. 
um, and there were pieces of her skin that were like cut away. So like on her thighs and like her breasts and stuff that were then placed inside of her, like a really fucked up Thanksgiving turkey. Like it was awful. Um, so yeah. And then they... Um, and she was naked? Yeah, completely naked. Um, and so then she was placed and they actually, there was a big thing too about how her arms were spread because they were placed specifically to sort of look like they were above her head. So very mannequin-esque, like they were trying to pose her pretty. But like the cuts were, that, that were done were very um, methodical and like the process, because they like the reason why she was so white, like I said, is because they drained all her blood after cutting her in half. But these cuts were not like blunt cuts in the sense where like if you're going and you're like... They were like precise, like surgical. Exactly, which comes into it. Um, so her getting identified, because at first, like everyone's like, who is this person? Her getting identified was actually super easy because of that arrest for the underage drinking. The FBI already had her in her files because there's this big um, discrepancy between LAPD and the actual Federal Bureau of Investigation mm-hmm. and like how that all linked together. Um, and so they ended up giving it to the FBI. But they, um, so they had that on file. Also another job that she had applied for. Because she was, like, trying to work in a lot of places. Okay. So her fingerprints had been taken a bunch of times. Um, so it was obviously, as you know, like, very highly publicized. Mm-hmm. Um, they used photos of her alive, of course. Um, but uh, there were definitely photos of, like, you know, her hair strewn about and stuff like that as well. And in a really fucked up way, actually, there was, like, a lot of... Um, the the reporters were all like vying to be like well i was the first person there i was the first person there i was the first person there and it's like babe you are capitalizing off of this girl's death i hate that yeah very like gruesome and awful um yeah so that was that was pretty intense um and because it was so highly publicized, it was like a big thing. So we get sort of into suspects. Now, I, I will say out of like respect for, and I, I know it seems kind of counterintuitive because we've just gone so far into like the details of the person who's been murdered, but I don't really want to give, um, other than like theoreticals and like the actual like facts of it all, I don't really want to like throw out names and stuff of the suspects of the murder just mm-hmm. because like why I don't want to give them a platform. Which okay. sounds kind of dumb, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, just because, like, this poor girl had, like, nothing but bad things happen to her her entire life, and then the end of her life was just as awful. Yeah, for real. So that really sucks. Um, anyway, so we'll look at this from, like, a broad lens. Okay. Uh, so after the LAPD had put out all this stuff, they started, you know how, like, when, like, serial killers and stuff come through? Very close to like a Jack the Ripper, like Zodiac killer, Mm -hmm. where like people start sending in stuff. Um, That's what happened. So they sent in a bunch of, uh, this guy took like clippings from other stuff um, that had been posted about the Black Dahlia, saying um, he was the murderer and um, like the fingerprints had been all cleaned off from like the envelopes and everything that he had sent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, well, I'm going to send pieces of her. All that, like the classic shit. Cause if you follow like Jack the Ripper, or you follow any of these other serial killers they yeah. like get off on the whole idea of like not being caught. Yeah. Um, so that was the thing. Uh, I'm not quite certain on um, what they actually sent, like in terms of like body parts and stuff like that, but. Not a pretty situation. A foot. <laughs> Hi. In a Ziploc bag. <laughs> uh, but definitely not. not Just wrapped in tinfoil. Literally. Nice and tight. 
<laughs> is that your lunch? <laughs> no. No. Don't 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 check. It's it not. Fridge. No, it's not. Don't look at me. But because of its publicization, they received a lot of stuff like that. And then there were also a bunch of crazy people, like in circumstances like this, where um, they you know will admit to it. Mm-hmm. Just for the fame, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so there was this one guy who was like fairly mentally ill. I did it, and it's me. And they wasted all this time on him, and they were like, it's not him. And they also, uh, there was like this question about the correlation about like it being a serial killing because there was also, they were called like the torso murders and there was another, like a series of murders that were similar in Ohio around the same time. But when the FBI investigated, they found that it wasn't really the case. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and then shortly after that, they realized because of those cuts, um, that they would go and start looking at people in the medical profession. Well, yeah, it, interesting because of, yeah, exactly what you said. The cuts were all very precise. So right. obviously it wasn't just some fucking Joe Schmo from the street exactly. with a scalpel that perfectly like, hacked this chick up. Clear. Um, I think it's also a really good time for us probably to like take a break mm-hmm. um, so I can go you know, smoke and deal with the trauma that this is. Um, and then when we get back, we can sort of go into like what, what the subsequent aftermath was of all of that and then more into details of like the actual. I may or may not go on Uber Eats while you're outside. And get a snack. I'm starving. I'm screaming. She wants some chicken nuggets, ladies and gents. Okay, be right back. Bye. And we're back. So pretty crazy all the way up to now, right? A lot has happened. Yeah. Yes. And a lot I didn't know. So I'm kind of disturbed by a lot of it. Yeah. Cut to me last night. I was like going through sort of like, you know, putting some touches and stuff on it. Sort of like a murder book report. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> Real, like some I, I didn't know most of this stuff and like I had heard little bits about it and you know like things that are really morbid and obscure always interest me but mm-hmm. like god poor gal for real seriously and also I think we left off on you know like doctors and stuff mm-hmm. they had interviewed like 300 medical students from like the local college but the the funny thing is because there's like you can access they've released all of the FBI reports so like you can go through it's hard to read but yeah. it's like 300 pages oh my god where you go through of like the details and everything and how they've done it um, but theories as they stand right now are that it was not a medical student at all. In fact, some people point at um, just like some random um, like fathers because there's there's some um, suspects that were just really awful people altogether. Um, and then I find it hard to believe that it was like just a random person, just based on how much work went into yeah. dismembering and placing the body. Like, I find it very difficult to believe it wasn't someone that didn't already know her. Well, they also pointed at some police officers. So um, also some military men with surgical experience, because, you know, she really did enjoy the airmen. A cab, baby. Yeah, so that goes really into detail. Also, part of the things that they sent in that original, like, in the, in the mail back, you know, in, like, those little mm-hmm. envelopes and stuff, um, because one of the letters later on did have a fingerprint on it. Like, they got a little messy, but the FBI did not have the... Of course. In the database, they didn't have that fingerprint, so they was pretty much, like, cold. Like a middle school choir teacher or some random dude. Right. And there is this guy who worked on the case until his retirement, 
um, in like the 80s. Uh, so he really, he tried to work on it for a really long time. And in fact, one of the big suspects, and I'm, like I said, I'm not going to name names, but um, he actually, his son became a murder detective. He wasn't a cop, but his son became a murder detective and was like, yo, my dad did this. Um, and so many people in the time also thought, um, like, and these, keep in mind, these are not good people. So, like, these were, a lot of them women who were accusing, like, their, their parents because of, like, sexual abuse that had happened to them, other stuff that they oh believed that they had seen, you know, when they were, like, six. I think this one lady said that, um, she, like, even wrote a book about it, um, that she had, like, seen her father, like, bash the black dahlias like head in in the garage attached to the house and stuff like that um but none of them were ever validated like none of them were ever true and there was this one neighbor also who saw like this guy in like the sedan car near the vacant lot um in the morning time and i guess got startled by the guy because he was like getting rid of lawn clippings the guy who saw the sedan um in the morning time and then he like subsequently left after uh but uh also the fbi looked into him and he wasn't implicated either so it sort of makes you wonder, I mean, because keep in mind, like criminal investigations and everything, the reason why murders like this aren't as infamous, which I shouldn't really say, because right now we are currently going through a very infamous crime um, thing right now that we're not going to address because that's unfair to the, that person's family, um, the, the victim, not the perpetrator. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the reason why these happen less frequently, um, if anything, is just because we've gotten better uh, sort of forensic evidence and things like that. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine just not getting that kind of like clarity? Not knowing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. From your like entire family. Oh my God. I just thought of something really, really awful and terrible. <laughs> imagine her dad. <laughs> and she's like, I'll be back. Whatever. I'll be back later. <laughs> and then he's like, Really, Elizabeth? You're going to pull a me on me? I bet you're not even dead. <laughs> Which is Plot obviously... twist. <clears throat> she was. Yeah, obviously not the case, but definitely, uh, definitely something just really, really terrible. Really, really awful. You said that so cheerfully. Really, really terrible. terrible. <laughs> no, it is. And, and if, uh, if I wind up dead, you guys know. Sean did something really terrible. And really awful. Is it me? Am I the <laughs> drama? Am I the drama? Am I the villain? I'm screaming. Yeah. Um, still unsolved to this day. There are people that they think, like, there was this one guy who... Um, oh, this is what I was going to say earlier, too. About, in connection to the fingerprint, they mm-hmm. sent her address book. But a couple of pages from her address book were torn out. <gasps> so it's quite possible and likely that she knew... That's what I said. Yeah, that she. Knew. It had to have been someone she knew. It could. I don't think a stranger would go through all of that trouble unless they were like a fucking psycho. But right. still, if you were to ask me, I think personally, and this could be totally like so off base, like not factual at all. My thing is between her affinity for people in the military and the fact that a lot of military men have experience with like medical stuff, I would not put it past that she was like seeing this man or something like that. Just had some really dark proclivities because, you know, wartime will really fuck people up. Yeah, war tends to do that. Yeah, because you see even like... People like post Vietnam and everything, all these really awful serial because they see like they get fucking shell shocked. I mean, we're not excusing murder, but um, yeah, they do some really 
fucked up things. <laughs> um, and so that's what I think happened. I think that she, somebody that she knew that she was dating um, just went and did something really... Blind weird. act of rage, and then it was too late, and then... It seemed, because of the torturing aspect of it, I, I have to think that it's not like something where it was like accidental, like I'm angry at you, bam, and then like having to go through with it. I think it, it was one of those dark, awful things where like he got off at the idea of it. Yeah, well, and I'm also confused by the, why did they drain all of her blood, but then kept all of her organs? Yeah. I probably because it's less messy and they also scrub down her entire body so like yeah it was done with the knowledge that like it wouldn't be tracked and so like they had gone through all these extra steps and if the coroner was correct in saying that it was like 14 or 16 hours this had to have been super planned and methodical in order for it to have happened and I think what gets me the most really is that like we're speaking of this, and the reason why I chose this case specifically was its distance from like mm-hmm. present day, so we would be a little more detached from it. Yeah. But the acknowledgement that this is real life, this is reality, and that this happened, and that monsters like that exist even today, is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, the idea of taking another person's life is like, I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't, like, I understand getting mad or feeling an emotion to the sense that, like, it's so powerful, you, like, act like a different person for a split second but like yeah yeah i personally don't believe there's any such thing as like blind rage to To the point that you kill somebody right no no absolutely ridiculous you have to make that decision yourself that's not just a oh i fucked up i I goofed right Mm, i accidentally strangled him and you see things too of like people who use that excuse like blind rage murder things like that and like People have argued, like, nature versus nurture, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm sorry, from, even from a psychological perspective, I don't care how traumatic your childhood was. And we're also not downplaying childhood trauma, obviously. We're very mental health supportive. I've been traumatized <laughs> by my childhood. Fucking same. Um, but at the same time, you, you sort of have to be like, that's not enough. Like... Yeah, that, that's not going to excuse taking somebody else's life. Yeah, because who gave you the right to take that away from someone else? Exactly. We went really dark and heavy, and it is spooky season, and obviously we're talking about murder, so it like comes into play. But um, yeah, I, my sincere hope is that the, the murderer, the person who perpetrated this awful, awful crime, is um, long dead. Because it would suck if they were still alive now. Um, just like living their life, getting away with it. Um, I feel like they would have to be dead because just lifespans. Yeah, seriously. For how <laughs> Well, if it was in the 40s. Well, I guess, yeah. My grandpa was born in 31. He's going to be 90 this year. Yeah. He's so old. Technically possible that they are. But like, I, what was it? I think it got released a couple of weeks ago that it's likely that the Zodiac Killer was found and that they, that they mm-hmm. died in 2018. I did read that. Yeah. So stuff like that. The the Zodiac Killer is still Ted Cruz, in my opinion. But Obviously. That's another story for another crime. Another crime for another podcast for another day. And another time. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Don't murder. Don't murder. Please. Please. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, 
Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are interested in seeing maybe not more things like this, but more of our beautiful faces or our beautiful voices, um, you can follow us on our Instagram at the underscore Sav and Sean underscore show. You can follow me specifically. Um, I do a lot of artsy thirst traps on my Instagram. So if you want to enjoy that, uh, you can do so at Anthony underscore clams. And Savannah, uh, where can we find you? Uh, in the seventh circle of hell with the murderer of the Black Dahlia. Perfect. Um, hanging out, playing Parcheesi. And, uh, you know, getting him what he truly deserves. Absolutely. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. RRS, son. Please. Uh, it's the best way to support small creators like ourselves which are small in the figurative sense, not the literal sense. As you can quite literally see now, we are fairly tall people. Um, and uh, please make sure to turn on those automatic downloads. That way, when you uh, are like, wow, I'm in a spooky mood and it's the middle of December, you can go, oh my gosh, I have no cell signal out here. Santa could be the killer. But in order to check that out, I could listen to this automatically downloaded episode I have of the Savin Sean Show. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.